0: Welcome to the Gut Doctor Podcast, where Dr. Neil Parikh describes GI disorders and answers common questions related to the GI tract. Please note this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. We hope you enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for downloading another episode of the Gut Doctor Podcast. So today we're going to do things a little differently. You know, some weeks seem to always have clinical themes. And last week, I felt like I did a lot of tapering off proton pump inhibitors, or PPIs. So today, rather than interviewing one of my colleagues, I'm going to go over how and when I try to get my patients to stop their PPIs. Just as a disclaimer, I'm not going to go ahead and discuss the negative effects or the potential long-term adverse consequences of taking a proton pump inhibitor. There's, you know, a lengthy... and sometimes controversial list of side effects or adverse events. I'm just gonna say there is baggage with taking PPIs. So I think it's important to try to limit their use when feasible. Now, before we talk about how to get you off your proton pump inhibitor, I want to stress that this needs to be done in conjunction with your provider, either your primary care provider or your gastroenterology provider. I do not recommend you doing this on on your own. Actually, it can be very dangerous if you do this on your own. The two major reasons for doing this in conjunction with the provider, one, if you simply stop your PPI, you may have worsening rebound symptoms. And secondly, there are some reasons or indications for PPIs or proton pump inhibitors that you really do not want to stop the medication. In other words, you absolutely want to or need to remain on this medication. So what are some of these definite reasons or absolute indications? There are quite a few. I'm going to talk about some of them here. Um, Let's break it out to a few different categories. So the first category of reasons why you need to or want to remain on a PPI is esophageal mucosal disease, or in other words, if there is proof that there is a change or inflammation or irritation to your esophageal lining, now this could be, Erosive esophagitis, which is irritation, um, usually moderate to severe. People grade this, sometimes LA classification, A, B, C, D. If that's a classification you're familiar with or your providers mentioned to you, C and D are usually reasons to you want to be on a PPI. Barrett's esophagus, another one of these disease states that falls within esophageal mucosal disease, which is another reason you really want to remain on a PPI. And in fact- there's good evidence that suggests that PPIs truly reduce the risk of cancer if you have Barrett's esophagus. Uh, And then there's some cases of eosinophilic esophagitis. And we've done recent episodes on EOE. It's It's a newer disease. And without getting into too many details, there are instances where you want to remain on a PPI. So that's one category of why you want to be on a PPI, esophageal mucosal disease. Another category is Ulcer disease, so whether it's ulcers of the duodenum, the stomach, or the esophagus, you know, known ulcers in the upper GI tract, if you want these to heal or they need to be healed, um, you want to be on a PPI. Um, H. pylori treatment, whether H. pylori treatment has resulted in helicobacter has resulted in you having an ulcer or not having an ulcer, the therapy of helicobacter pylori or H. pylori requires proton pump inhibitor therapy or traditionally has. And there's some other indications beyond that, but again, I'm not going to get into those right now because we're going to talk about today how to get off of PPIs. Um, I guess the most other most common reason that patients, at least my patients, are on PPIs or remain on PPIs is they have refractory symptoms. So whenever they stop their proton pump inhibitor, whether it's over-the-counter or, or prescription, they have breakthrough symptoms that are uncomfortable. And I would say that's the second most common cause of being on a PPI, the first cause being this absolute indications. But let's say you do not fall into one of these categories, or if you don't have an absolute need for a PPI, but you've not yet tried to come off the PPI, you need to. I tell my patients, it's not like an antibiotic course where you have a defined period of days or dosing that you need to follow to treat the infection or eradicate the bug PPIs are a little less clear when you don't have an absolute indication. So if you don't fall into one of those categories, you need to at least try to come off of it. All right, so now you're here, okay? We've, We've gone past, we've gone through a checklist of reasons to be or not to be on a PPI, and you fall into the category of not needing to be on a PPI. So how do you come off of it? Well, step one, lower your daily dose. If you're on twice a day dosing, go to once a day. If you're on 40 milligram dosing, go to 20 milligram dosing. If you've gone from the highest possible dose to a lower dose daily and you're doing okay, taper further. And again, the key here is to not just stop it. You can't stop this cold turkey. You need to slowly taper yourself off. So if you've gone from the higher dosing to a lower dosing, you're doing okay. Now go from once daily to every other day. Remember, taper down to avoid the rebound symptoms. If you have breakthrough symptoms on the on the off days or the non-PPI days, use a less aggressive agent. I tell my patients there's three tiers of acid-suppressing therapy. You have your, your top tier, your most aggressive tier, which is the proton pump inhibitors. Then you have the middle tier, in my mind, which is the H2 blockers. And then you have the lower tier, which are the coding medications, I say, I the ones that are... You know, coding may not be the most scientific term, but in my mind, and I tell my patients, they're the ones that don't really change your acid base or your pH as much, but they change the way you feel by coating your stomach or coating your esophagus to feel better. And those could be things like Gaviscon or sucral fate, Tums, Pepto, you know, they, they work differently than the proton pump inhibitors or the H2 blockers. In my mind, the goal is to get to the lowest tier possible and still be comfortable get to the H2 blockers, get to the coding agents. If you are able to come to every other day, proton pump inhibitor therapy, and you're having symptoms once in a while on your off days, your non-PPI days, use a coding agent. Okay. If you get to once every other day, try to go to Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, or sometimes I all my patients use PPIs on the weekends. Cause that's typically when we have more for dietary indiscretion. So, Friday night, Saturday nights, you know, if we're going to have a later meal, maybe a larger meal, maybe at a restaurant, maybe have a glass of wine or two. That's maybe the days where you initially you're in need the PPIs as, as you taper yourself off. And eventually the goal is to just get as needed. So key points as I wrap this up, find out if you need to be on a PPI or not. If you don't need to be on a PPI, talk to your provider about how you can taper off. Don't do it on your own and do it in a systematic, but organized, tapered fashion. So I hope this was helpful. I know this is different than what I typically do, but again, it came up a few times last week. At the very least, if you're on a proton pump inhibitor, bring it up with your provider to make sure you need to actually remain on it. And remember, if you want to come off it, you want to do so in coordination with your provider. That does it for this week's episode. As always, I appreciate your time. Please continue to follow the episode follow the podcast, rate, review, subscribe, all very helpful.